Welcome to another edition of Northwestern Outdoors Radio, the award-winning show covering fishing, hunting, conservation, destinations, and other outdoors recreation across the greater Northwest. Northwestern Outdoors is brought to you by Max Lur, Sportsman's Warehouse, Sina Sea Seafood, and Wallowa County Chamber of Commerce, and the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program. And now, let's see what's happening this week with your host, John Cruz. Welcome to the show. Summer has flown by, hasn't it? Hard to believe that next weekend is Labor Day weekend, the unofficial end of summer and camping season. A lot of the kids will be heading back to school, and some folks will be heading back to work, too. But you still have time for one last hurrah, as they say, and I hope you're going to take advantage of it. I know my family is. My wife and daughter and I are heading to Cape Disappointment State Park in southwest Washington. It's right on the coast at the mouth of the Columbia River. We've rented a lakeside cabin within the park, plan on doing some fishing, plan on checking out the lighthouses, the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center, doing some hiking, spending some time on the beach, and just relaxing and having fun for a few days. And yes, we will be putting together a radio show while we're there, and you'll get to hear all about it soon. This week, though, on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got some great guests for you. We're going to start off talking to George Kilbert. He's with KOA, Campgrounds of America. And this chain of private campgrounds actually started in the greater Northwest. It was founded with a campground in Billings, Montana, 60 years ago. Now it's got over 500 properties around North America. And one of them in Winthrop, Washington, is actually having a celebration this weekend. So if you're camping there, you'll want to take advantage of that. We'll tell you all about it. After that, we're going to get Jaime Rodriguez back on the line. He's going to talk about catching big summer walleye out of the Columbia River. If this sounds like something you want to do, you'll want to listen to his tips on this subject. And after that extended Max Minute, we will get the opportunity to talk to Sarah Dorenzo. She is the Public Information Officer for Wyoming Game and Fish. She's been with us many times before, and this time around, she'll be sharing the annual hunt forecast for not only big game, but also birds too. All sorts of interesting information this year. A lot of it is driven by the drought that Wyoming and the greater West has been facing, but there are some very good opportunities for some species, especially if you have drawn an elk tag. This is going to be a great year for you. Speaking of hunting, we're also going to talk to my old friend Gary Lewis, that very well-known outdoors writer, television personality, and podcast host based in Central Oregon. The topic Dove hunting, because dove season in both Washington and Oregon and several other states opens up on September 1st. Gary and I will share a few stories, and he'll also share some tips to help you bag some doves this September. As always, we've got our Sportsman's Warehouse trivia question of the week for you, and we're going to tell you about some fun upcoming events taking place in mid-September at Mardon Resort at Eastern Washington's Potholes Reservoir I think you'll want to get in on. Put it all together, and we've got another great show coming your way. So let's get it started the way we always do with another edition of Sportsman Spotlight with David Sparks. Four ways to gain private land permission. David Sparks, Sportsman Spotlight. From bowhunting.com, despite the rise in the popularity of public land hunting, the best deer and turkey hunting opportunities still remain on private land, and that's why it's good to have a few private land options in the mix. But gaining access on private land can be tough. First suggestion, write a letter. There's an app called HuntStand, which gives you features and tools to allow you to pull up detailed property owner information. Writing a letter to a landowner to request hunting permission on their property is a simple way to cover lots of miles without driving all over the country. 
How about making a phone call, which is a quick and simple way to touch base with a landowner that you're seeking permission from? Knocking on a landowner's door for permission is obviously the most forward approach that you can make for getting the green light on private land access. And it can honestly go any way when you step onto their property in person. How about asking your friends? If the other three tactics don't work for you, try tapping into the network of your friends. Ask them if they know any landowners that might be a good starting point to locking in hunting permission. You might be surprised at how many options open up just by working the circle of friends around you. Private land hunting permission is out there. You just have to ask. Take the steps that we have mentioned to add new opportunities to this season. And of course, as always, good luck. This report was produced by the Ag Information Network. I'm David Sparks. Are you in the market for a pre-owned RV? Whether you're looking for a motorhome, travel trailer, fifth wheel, or any other type of recreational vehicle, you'll find thousands to choose from at RVUniverse.com. RVUniverse.com makes it easy to explore and narrow down your options. You can either buy an RV directly or find a dealer near you. Competitive financing options are also available. Visit RVUniverse.com today and find your next home away from home. This is the sound of wireworms destroying winter wheat crops live on radio. You can't see it, because it's radio. Just like you can't see it in your field, because wireworms are underground. But you will see the crop damage now and next spring as they multiply. Stop them. Taraxa F4C treatment eliminates wireworms. Like this. It also knocks out fungal disease. Sound good? Taraxa F4C treatment from BASF. Game on, plant health. Game over, wireworms. Always read and follow little directions. Fishing and fun. That's what you'll find at Mardon Resort. Come to sunny eastern Washington and bring your RV or rent a cottage, cabin, or room at our newly upgraded resort at the south end of Potholes Reservoir. Get tackle and provisions at our general store. And after you're done fishing, hanging out at our swim beach, or boating for the day, enjoy dinner and a drink at the beach house. Find out more at MardonResort.com. That's MardonResort.com, where the fish bite and we don't. Next up on Northwestern Outdoors Radio, we've got a birthday to celebrate. It's the birthday for KOA, Campgrounds of America. They have just turned 60 years old this year. And with us here to tell you more about not only KOA, but also about an event that's happening in our listening area in Winthrop, Washington, is George Kilbert. George, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So let's start off with the KOA story. I understand that it all started in Billings, Montana, 60 years ago. Yeah, that's absolutely right. KOA has been welcoming campers to the great outdoors for over 60 years now. And like you said, the first KOA was built near Billings, Montana in the 1960s. It actually was built as kind of a stopover for tourists traveling to the Seattle World's Fair. Dave Drum, a local businessman, saw the opportunity to set up a campground along the Yellowstone River and charged guests a mere $1.75 a night to pitch tents or park their travel trailers. Soon after that, Dave recognized the potential to develop a network of campgrounds, and that resulted in the development of that iconic yellow KOA logo, which has actually remained untouched in the 60 years since. And soon after that, the first KOA franchise opened in Cody, Wyoming, 
and the rest is history. I understand that there's, what, 525 KOA campgrounds scattered around the United States now? That is correct, and we do have some campgrounds in Canada as well. All right. So for those few people who are listening who've never been to a KOA before, what separates a KOA from a typical public campground? Absolutely. I think when you come onto a KOA, you always kind of know what you're expecting. We have similar amenities and kind of a very welcoming atmosphere for campers of all types, um, especially at this Winthrop campground. I'll talk a little bit more. We have unique accommodations for every type of camper, but you can kind of always expect that familiar service, friendly face, a really welcoming atmosphere at any KOA campground that you might go to. Right. And KOA campgrounds, again, folks, privately owned campgrounds, but well known for being clean, usually have quite a few amenities, and usually in some very nice locations, too. And let's talk about the one in Winthrop that's kind of the gateway to North Cascades National Park, because they're having a little celebration of their own for people who are camping there this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So the proper name is the Winthrop North Cascades National Park KOA Holiday which is obviously named due to its close proximity to the North Cascades. But the campground is nestled in the Metho Valley, which is almost completely surrounded by natural forest on all sides. And the area is one of the most visited regions of the Pacific Northwest, offers really amazing mountain scenery and a unique downtown. But campers of all varieties will feel welcome at the Winthrop Campground. This campground offers RV sites with beautiful patios, Deluxe cabins with all the comforts of home, like linens, toiletries, comfortable beds. We also have tent sites and a few others. In fact, this campground is really unique that we also offer the option to camp in a traditional covered wagon, which includes a rather untraditional bed with linens and a very welcoming space. But as you start looking at different site types at the Winthrop KOA, you'll find some really unique options, including some RV sites that actually have their own private hot tub. So we really have amenities for all sorts of campers at this campground. Oh, call me impressed. And if you're wondering about those covered wagons, folks, you'll understand if you go to Winthrop because it's basically an old Western-themed town. So the covered wagons fit in very well there. And by the way, this KOA, it's right on the banks of the Methow River, which is a, just a charming little river. Back in the day, it was a great salmon and steelhead fishery. You can still catch trout there from time to time, but check the regulations before you wet a line. But like you said, George, this is just a, a fantastic base camp for adventure in the area, whether you're going to the National Forest, North Cascades National Park, or just, you know, banging around Winthrop, which is just a fun little town, and they have music festivals and all sorts of other things going on there. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've done a great job describing the local area here. I really tell people to focus on the two things, is that unique kind of old Western town culture of downtown Winthrop, but also the natural beauty of the areas with Alpine lakes, world-class hiking, fishing, and just so much untouched backcountry to explore. And if you're wondering exactly what's going on this weekend at the Winthrop North Cascades National Park KOA, I can tell you that they're going to have the fun train going on. I'm not sure, sure exactly what that is, but I'm guessing a small little train for the kids. There's going to be a scavenger hunt with prizes. There's going to be pottery and ceramics painting. They're going to have freshly spun cotton candy and even a big birthday cake that everyone who's camping there this weekend can enjoy. Do you have any insight on what the fun train is or not, George? 
Absolutely. It's just like a miniature train uh, that's very family friendly and it kind of rolls through the campground and everyone enjoys it. Are there any other birthday celebrations happening in other KOAs that we should tell folks about in the greater Northwest? Absolutely. So KOA has been celebrating this anniversary across North America this year. On a national scope, we just wrapped up 60 days of giveaways on social media with brands like Weber Grills, Goodyear, Baskin-Robbins, and all types of others. Meanwhile, we've also had a beautiful KOA hot air balloon, which has traveled to events in Tennessee, Michigan, Iowa, and others. And you can actually see that hot air balloon at the next event we have scheduled at the Albuquerque Fiesta event in early October. But ultimately, the celebration is happening at our campgrounds all across North America. I can personally name at least 50 campgrounds hosting special events, and I'm sure there are many more than that participating. There's a whole lot of KOA yellow pride in our organization. This is an exciting milestone that's really being celebrated throughout our campgrounds. So I would encourage folks to look up their local campgrounds and things in their area and see because odds are they are participating in some kind of celebration. And if you are looking for a local campground or just one that's going to be on the way to a destination for you this summer or fall, the website to go to is very simple, koa.com. That's koa.com. Go ahead and book a stay at a KOA and see if you can do so during one of these events that's celebrating 60 years of KOA here in North America. George, thanks so much for sharing this with us today on Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Thank you, John. Have a good one. This portion of the show was brought to you by our friends at Cena Sea Seafood. And I love this family-owned company owned by Rich and Cena Wheeler. They work really hard to catch you the best quality, premium, wild Alaskan seafood. From the waters of Prince William Sound near the mouth of the Copper River. And don't take it from me when it comes to how good this is. Take it from some of their customers. Darren wrote in saying, simply phenomenal. Such rich, delicious salmon. Cannot wait to order more when available. And Darren's not the only customer to comment. Diana sent him a note and said, this is my first experience with Cena Sea. I ordered both sockeye and king salmon. Both are phenomenally delicious as expected. What went above and beyond, though, is the shipping and packaging. Yes, they package it very carefully. They ship it right to your door, and it comes in meal-sized portions you are going to love. So whether you want salmon or halibut or sable fish or shellfish or anything else, go to SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. And don't forget to use the promo code OUTDOORSRADIO for 10% off your entire order. Come to Oregon's Wallowa County for outdoors adventure. Hike, ride, paddle, fish, or sightsee to your heart's content. And then visit one of our wonderful towns, whether it be Joseph with its beautiful bronze statues, our county seat in Enterprise, or one of our charming small towns like Wallowa, Imnaha, or Troy, where you can eat, shop, and sleep before continuing your adventure the next day. Plan your visit now at WallowaCountyChamber.com. That's WallowaCountyChamber.com. 
Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10 and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish too because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Natural wonders, beaches and coves, majestic forests and scenic vistas are waiting for you at the Tillamook Coast. Lace up your hiking boots, grab your camera and come to Northwest Oregon. Find out more at TillamookCoast.com. You're back with more of the great outdoors on Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. It's time for another Max Minute. And with us this week is Max Lure Pro Staffer Jaime Rodriguez, the man behind J-Rod Angling. Jaime, great to have you on the air. Uh, Great to be here, John. Thank you for having me. Jaime, you've been having a summer full of big, big walleye. want to talk about two in particular. Uh, The first one was a tournament-winning big fish walleye you caught near the Tri-Cities. How'd you catch it? We caught her right out of Irrigan in the Irrigan area on the Columbia River uh, off of a jig, a jig that was actually hand-painted by my late friend Calvin Burkhardsmeyer. Oh, that is really cool. What a great way to win that. That measured 31 inches, definitely a huge walleye. I also want to talk about the one your son caught fishing with you on the Columbia River. This one was caught with a Max Lure product. Yep, yep. We were bottom walking warm harnesses with a 1.5 UV smile blade with one cha-cha float. And we were just going along this buoy marker in about 32, 35 feet, following the contour pretty tight. And my son was able to stick a big one. And that one also measured 31 inches. A real quick note, we were talking before we went on the air here about those buoy markers. Those are something that anglers should pay attention to and not just because they're marking the channels. Right, yep. Buoy markers uh, in particular mark some kind of structure where the water might come up. So you might have a a flat, uh, shallow flat, or some kind of sunken island, and those are definitely hangout areas for walleye. All right, there's some great advice about how to catch big walleye out of the Columbia this summer and fall. We're going to have Jaime on again next week, but in the meantime, check out his Facebook page and follow it. You'll find it at J-Rod Angling. Thanks, Jaime. Thanks a lot, John. Walleye anglers all over the Northwest are raving about the new Smileblade Spindrift Walleye Lure made by Max Lure Company. Lance Murs is with us here to tell us more about it. This lure is fantastic. We've got the patented Smileblade. We've got a pill float that keeps it just off of the bottom where the fish like to bite. And that Spindrift hook is absolutely phenomenal. You can tip it with any kind of bait. Tip it with a crawler, tip it with a leech. Whatever you tip it with, it's going to catch more fish. It's the Smileblade Spindrift Walleye Lure only from Max Lure Company. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure 9 inches or longer. The fish are worth 6 8 or $10 and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish too because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. 
Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. Welcome back to Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. If you're a hunter, you've probably thought of hunting in Wyoming. Maybe you are actually listening in Wyoming today and you're a hunter, or maybe you're an out-of-state resident who's drawn a tag or just wants to go experience hunting in the Cowboy State. Well, if you are, you'll want to head to the Wyoming Game and Fish website and check out the official hunt forecast for this year and with us here to share some of the highlights is sarah dorenzo public information officer for wyoming game and fish sarah great to have you back on the show thanks for having me again john i was reading through the forecast and it's broken down by region broken down by species and it's definitely a mixed bag but there is one thing that seems to be driving a lot of the forecasts, and that is the drought we experienced in 2021, and that's been kind of going on for a while now. Sure, there's been a lot of impacts um, due to the drought, and some areas of the state have been in a drought for a couple years. But, you know, we started out this year pretty dry, and then, you know, we were happy to see a lot more precipitation than we were expecting. So there were key localized precipitation events throughout the spring and summer that have really helped wildlife and wildlife habitats, and that should in turn benefit hunters. Well, let's go ahead and break it down by species and by region. You know, Wyoming is well known as the place to go for pronghorn, but it looks like the results may vary depending what part of the state you're in. Let's break down the highlights and the lowlights. Sure. So pronghorn numbers overall are down, but if you have a license, you should have a pretty good hunt because reductions were made to address those population declines. You know, places like in the Green River area, the forecast is really good. Even though there were some severe drought conditions, the mild winter was favorable to overall survival for adult pronghorn, and so that should be a really good hunt. You know, Pinedale region, where hunting has always been really good for pronghorn, will have high success rates and plenty of public land to roam out there. And if you're looking around Casper, the population has now um, reached management objectives, and so there are good buck ratios and strong pronghorn out there, and so it should be a good hunt around Casper as well. Well, let's go to elk. This was pretty much good news around the state. It looks like elk hunters are going to be in for a good season. Elk hunting all around Wyoming should be top-notch this year. Nearly all herds in the state are at or above population objectives, and so there's plenty of opportunities to see lots of bulls and, of course, lots of cows. And so if you're an antlerless elk hunter, you should have a great time, and there are plenty of bulls on the landscape. Populations are strong all over the state, and so the recommendation is to just head out there and get hunting. Look for uh, opportunities to access a lot of land through the hunter management program and walk-in areas. And uh, if you're an elk hunter, as you know, and you're in one of our targeted brucellosis monitoring areas, make sure you submit your blood samples. 
All right. Let's turn to deer. You've got both mule deer and white-tailed deer, and we've had some disease outbreaks that have affected some populations, haven't we? We have, especially with white-tailed deer. Um, we had an outbreak of episodic hemorrhagic disease up around the Sheridan region that did impact populations. But, you know, white-tailed deer hunting, white-tail are plentiful up in the northeast corner, and so head out there for some good whitetail hunting or around Dubois, Lander, Riverton, Jeffrey City area. Let's talk mule deer hunting. Wyoming certainly has a lot of big muleys. Oh, yeah. And this year will be no different, though, of course, winters have impacted mule deer populations. But there are some areas that will offer very good harvest for bucks. You know, Pinedale region is one of those, even though they've seen a couple of harsh winters and overall deer numbers have declined, they're... Plenty of opportunities to harvest a trophy class buck from public lands out there. All right. Let's go ahead and switch gears and talk birds. I don't think most people think of Wyoming as a bird hunting destination, but it certainly is. And let's start off with pheasant, because you actually have some very good pheasant hunting in certain parts of Wyoming. Sure. So pheasants aren't native to Wyoming, so the ones that you'll see come from our bird farm. And so we have a very robust stocking program, and that will remain the same this year. In one of our bird farms, though, we did have some impacts because of avian influenza that impacted our brood stock. But luckily, there were enough eggs in the hatcher that there'll be plenty of pheasants still on the landscape, and we're stocking near-to-normal numbers out there. So that should be a great hunt for anyone who's heading to one of our walk-in areas. Let's talk about some of your native upland bird species. Sure. So sage grouse will, you know, offer hunting again this year, but hunters can't expect to do some walking in those short seasons. But something that I like to hunt is uh, dusky and rough grouse, and some of the best places to go for that are in the, the Jackson area, and those are long seasons. They run from September through December. Okay. You've also got chucker in Wyoming, too. We do. You know, chucker and Hungarian partridge are both are at the lower end of their cycles, and we're not seeing as many broods as we usually do when populations are high, but, you know, there's nothing to prevent you from going out there and looking. And last but not least, we've got to talk about waterfowl. Now, you don't have a, a huge resident population of waterfowl in Wyoming, but it looks like, again, the drought is going to impact the numbers you get flowing into the state as the season progresses. Sure, yeah. Most of our migrating ducks come from uh, U.S. and uh, the northern U.S. and Canada, so their migration will really depend on the overall habitat conditions, which right now are not looking so favorable due to water, so lower numbers um, of ducks are expected. But, you know, if you're a goose hunter, those seasons are usually driven by winter conditions, and we think there'll be plenty of geese to hunt if the weather cooperates. Last but not least, let's talk about the hunt planner that Wyoming has through their Game and Fish website and some of the resources available there. Sure. The hunt planner is the definitive location to go for hunting information. It's the best resource that the Game and Fish offers for people who want to plan hunts, uh, you know, anywhere from pronghorn to moose. And so that is a destination where hunters can go for maps, access information, season information, and also information on habitat conditions and terrain. So it's a free tool, and you can uh, download maps onto your phone as a GeoPDF and use them like a GPS in the field all for free. Fantastic. And in addition to the public lands that Wyoming has, you also have the Access Yes program. Why don't you explain what that is? 
Sure. Access Yes is a program that opens up lots of private and landlocked land for hunting and fishing. And so there are a number of uh, walk-in areas throughout the state, and those are species-specific, but you don't need a permission slip to access those. Just find them and see if they're open during those times. And if you have a license that applies, you're free to walk into those areas. Other areas are called hunter management areas, and you do need a permit to hunt in those. So head to our website and see if one is available for your species and hunt area and uh, get your permission slip application in. Hunting in Wyoming, there's always a lot of opportunity there, but the opportunity varies due to various conditions, as you just heard. Go to the Wyoming Game and Fish website and find out more about hunting in Wyoming and plan your hunt today using their hunt planner. It'll probably be a very memorable and wonderful experience. Sarah, thanks as always. Thank you, and thanks to all the hunters who uh, choose Wyoming to hunt and roam and have a good time in. Country Hunters and Anglers. You may have heard of us, but what are we about? BHA is the voice for your wild public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to boots on the ground projects like public land cleanups, we work across North America to uphold the legacy of our public lands and waters, as well as your opportunity to hunt, fish, and recreate on them. Stand up for public lands and waters and become a BHA member today. Visit backcountryhunters.org. Hunt of a Lifetime is a nationwide nonprofit organization dedicated to providing hunting and fishing trips to youth 21 and under who suffer from life-threatening illnesses and disabilities. These adventures make big differences in the lives of those who participate in them, and in many cases are literally a dream come true that brings hope and therapy to their lives. Find out more, get involved, or donate today at huntofalifetime.org. That's huntofalifetime.org. Huntofalifetime.org. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter, full of the gear you need to succeed this hunting season. Firearms, ammo, archery equipment, decoys, clothing, boots, and more. Find a location near you or shop online today at sportsmans.com. back in with Northwestern Outdoors Radio. I'm John Cruz. We've got my old friend Gary Lewis on the line. He is the host of Frontier Unlimited on TV. He's the host of the podcast The Ballistic Chronicles. He's a prolific outdoors writer, author, hunter, and fisherman coming at us today from his estate in Central Oregon. Gary, great to have you back on the show. John Cruz, I love it when you say his estate, because all of a sudden I feel so powerful. <laughs> well, every man's home is his castle, and I guess that makes every man's home his estate as well, right? We all are kings as well. That's right. That's a great thing yeah. about living yeah. in America. Hey, September 1st is coming up in a hurry, and that's the opening of dove hunting season in Washington State, in Oregon State, and several other states here in our listing area. I don't know about you, I love dove hunting. It's got a completely different vibe than all other hunting openers. 
What do you like about dove hunting? I love dove hunting, too. It's democratic. For instance, I've hunted in the United States of America. I've hunted in Mexico for doves and South Africa for doves and maybe somewhere else. But everybody can get in on it and... They're out on public land. You can hunt them on private land. You can do it by yourself and be super serious about it, or you can make it a social event. And that's where I think I would go for dove hunting in the future is, hey, let's get together. We're drink some lemonade. Uh, nobody wears mirrored sunglasses. You know, everybody's got some camo on. And we sit in lawn chairs or we sit on top of buckets. And, uh, you know, we see if we can shoot a few doves. They're great to eat. I like to put them with bacon and jalapeno and some cream cheese, you know, and wrap that around the morsel, and you've got really, really good food. Oh, yes, you do indeed. I'm a big fan of dove kebabs myself. Bacon is always part of the equation, and so are a few <laughs> other things, too. Let's talk a little bit about, for those who haven't experienced dove hunting, it is a lot of fun, folks, and you usually get in a lot of shooting, too, if you can find where the dove are, but let's help people figure out where to go. Now, dove, they need Three things. They need a water source, they need a food source, and they need a roosting area. And you need to position yourself where the birds are flying between these. Where do you look? And we'll start off in Central Oregon. What are the kind of places you look for? My bucket. If I'm sitting on my bucket, I'm going to get it some doves. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to put my bucket, you know, between a water hole, a water source, and the food source. And if I'm closer to the water... I want it to be water that has no brush around it. And, you know, if it's a water hole in the desert where the water has receded and it's got 20 feet, you know, around it where there's no brush to hide predators, the birds like to come into that. And they like to be able to stop at an old snaggy tree. Right. So if you've got something like that, an old snaggy tree and a water source, then you're going to get some dove shooting eventually, and they're going to come out of wherever they've been, and they're going to go to that water, and you shoot them as they're coming and going. You know, it's so funny you mentioned the old snaggy tree. For years, I hunted in a place in central Washington called Blue Grade when it was open, and the birds would come up from the Columbia River, and they would be heading up to the wheat fields on the hills above us. And in between, we were hunting on this old abandoned homestead that literally had a couple of old snaggy trees. And those doves would lighten those trees like crazy. And it was great shooting every morning and every evening. Yeah, yeah, it, it was really great. But dove hunting has changed. And it's because of these Eurasian doves. Yes. And they've pushed out the morning doves in a lot of places. And so in my house, that's all we see here on my estate is the Eurasian doves. And so I try to snipe them with the air rifle when I get a chance, but I'm not making a difference. You know, I shot two last year and now there's four here. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and they certainly have pushed into our region like nobody's business. And I agree with you. Yeah. I think they are displacing the morning doves. They're considered an invasive species, folks. And if you... Yeah. Want to know the difference between a morning dove and a Eurasian dove? Well, a Eurasian collar dove is about 50% bigger, and it has a visible black collar around its neck. And in Washington and Oregon, you can shoot them year-round. They, they also you know, make an ugly sound compared to our morning doves, yes. which have a you know nice, sweet sound. They make a, a kind of a irritating sound. That is a good way to put it. It's very raspy and irritating indeed. It is not the but they also taste of the morning good. dove. 
Yeah, and and hunt them year round, and they taste good. And so you know, you're not going to probably shoot more than a couple of them unless you have a lot of real estate because they kind of pack around houses for some they reason. Do. They do. But getting back to Morning Dove, yeah. uh, I was out scouting a couple nights ago, and I actually saw more Morning Dove than I had seen in a long time, so I'm hoping we're going to be having a good season this year. Something else you, you touched on there. You mentioned camo clothing. You mentioned not wear the sunglasses, and that's for good reason. A lot of folks who have never been dove hunting before, I've seen them show up on opening day wearing Hunter Orange because they're under the misconception yeah. that it's an upland bird and they have to wear it. Big mistake, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you wear a hunter orange and they're going to see you. They're going to flare off of you. And if you put on mirrored sunglasses like I did down in Mexico, you know, I thought, well, why am I not getting as much shooting as those other guys? And I thought, oh, a little stupid. It's because you got these glasses on. <laughs> Are you a believer in decoys? Uh, yeah, decoys work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, put that decoy in that snaggy tree and it's on. <laughs> and do you just put out a couple, or are you, like, decorating that snaggy tree like a Christmas tree with decoys? <laughs> One is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Sometimes I'll go with two, but I definitely uh, less is more when it comes to using decoys. Any other tips for folks when it comes to dove hunting? If you see the line that those birds are flying, get on that line. Right. And, and then, um, you know, I think my best day dove hunting, I thought I got my limit. And I quit. And when I counted my birds at the end, I was one bird short of a limit. So I've never shot a complete limit of doves. And, you know, probably never will. But I shot one that day that I saw it coming. I got up off my bucket, turned the bucket over, and caught it in the bucket. <laughs> that would be a feat to see. That's impressive. My best dove hunting story happened with uh, my best friend, Rusty Johnston. He can be a very good shot at times, and I'm that guy that'll go through a box of shells to get a bunch of dove. He actually downed 10 dove with 13 shots, and that included a double. It was the best dove hunting shooting I've ever seen in my life. Oh, that is awesome. That's a thing of beauty. It's a thing that's very rare, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go ahead and finish up by telling folks about what's going on in the world of Gary Lewis in terms of your podcast, your television show, and anything else. All right, so we've got this new book out. It's called Born Ballistic. It's called Bob Nosler, Born Ballistic, and we're real proud of this title. And it won a first place with the Northwest Outdoor Writers Association contest. And anyway, I tell people about that book. We've got a new coffee. is the Fishing Central Oregon Reserve Roast, and I'm drinking that right now. So those are a couple things, the Fishing Central Oregon book. And on top of that, folks, there's always Frontier Unlimited, which is Gary's television show. And you can also catch his podcast, too, The Ballistic Chronicles. And the place to go for all of this is the same. It's his website, GaryLewisOutdoors.com. That's GaryLewisOutdoors.com. Check out everything Gary has to offer. Buy some of his coffee. Buy some of his books. And go ahead and become more in tune with the outdoors and have a nice, serene experience drinking that wonderful coffee, too. It's good. Drink some coffee while you go dove hunting. I don't care whose coffee it is, but just go dove hunting. It's one of the great pleasures of early hunting season. I couldn't agree more. Gary, thanks as always for sharing your wisdom with us on Northwestern Outdoors Radio.
Looking for that extra something that will get more salmon or trout into your boat? Then check out the Double D Dodger from Max Lure. The Double D does double duty and helps you catch more fish. The Double D's flash attracts lunkers and the Dodger's patented stop-start action works wonders to get those fish biting. The Double D does even more by acting as a side planer to get your bait away from the boat where the fish are more likely to be and more apt to strike. The Double D Dodger, it's the Dodger you've got to have from Max Lure. Anglers are getting a raise this year with the Northern Pike Minnow Sport Reward Fishery Program and the fish are biting. Here's how it works. First, register at a pike minnow station along the Columbia or Snake River. Next, go fishing for pike minnow and bring back all of them that measure nine inches or longer. The fish are worth six, eight, or ten dollars, and the more fish you catch, the more each one is worth. Keep an eye out for tagged fish too because those are worth 500 bucks. Go fishing, make money, and have fun. Find out more at pikeminnow.org. Enjoy a meal of wild Alaskan seafood delivered right to your door. Sina Sea offers premium quality wild Alaskan fish and shellfish to include Copper River King and Silver Salmon, Halibut, Black Cod, King Crab, and of course, Copper River Sockeye Salmon. Order it blast frozen or smoked and experience a slice of Alaska for a special meal you won't forget. Buy your seafood now at SinaSea.com. That's S-E-N-A-S-E-A, SinaSea.com. Sportsman's Warehouse is America's premier outfitter and has what you need as a hunter, angler, hiker, paddler, camper, and outdoors enthusiast. They also carry an extensive assortment of firearms and ammunition you simply can't find anymore at many big box stores. On top of that, their knowledgeable staff is here to help you purchase the right gear so you can get the most out of your outdoor experience. Visit your local Sportsman's Warehouse store today or shop online anytime at sportsmans.com. We've got time for one more shot of Northwestern Outdoors Radio with John Cruz. I'm glad you're back. There's a couple of events taking place in mid-September I want to tell you about. They're both taking place at one of my favorite places in the world, Mardon Resort on Potholes Reservoir in eastern Washington. My best friend Rusty Johnson and I will once again be competing in the Old Farts Tournament on Saturday the 17th. This is a one-day bass tournament where at least one person on the boat has to be over 40 years of age, and trust me, we've got no problem making that cut. This tournament is put on by the Banks Lake Bass Club, and proceeds benefit a local scholarship program. If you are interested in fishing against us and having some fun, go to BanksLakeBassClub.com and sign up for the Old Farts Tournament. The other event coming up is a tournament as well at Mardon Resort, but for this one, no boat is required. It's the annual Mardon Resort Dock Tournament, kicking off Friday afternoon and ending after Saturday morning. The anglers who catch the biggest fish from 10 different species found in the lake will be taking home prize money. So the top two smallmouth bass, the top two largemouth bass, the top two crappie, catfish, walleye, bluegill, perch, you get the picture here. They're all money winners. You can fish both day and night at this tournament, and people will come and go, take breaks at the restaurant, or maybe to play a round of putt-putt golf at the new course they have there, but it's a ton of fun. Very popular event. If you want to sign up, contact Mardon Resort in person or at mardonresort.com, and do so soon before it fills up. And now it's time for your Sportsman's Warehouse Trivia Question of the Week. And it's about game birds. There are an estimated 194 to 350 million 
of these birds flying around the United States. And every year, North American hunters harvest around 20 million of them. Here's your question. Is this bird the duck? Or is it the pheasant? Or is it the morning dove? If you think you know the answer, you know what to do. Just go to our website at northwesternoutdoors.com. Shoot us an email and let us know which of these birds are so prolific and are so harvested in huge numbers. Is it the duck, the pheasant, or the morning dove? You can enter on our Facebook page too. You'll find that at Northwestern Outdoors Radio. Make sure you like and follow the page and then Go to the post thread and give us your answer. One lucky person who guesses right wins that $25 gift card we give away every week from Sportsman's Warehouse. And if you need to gear up for the upcoming season, whether you're looking for a new shotgun, ammo, decoys, boots, waders, dog training equipment, and more, the place to go is the same, your local Sportsman's Warehouse store or online anytime at sportsmans.com. On that note, we've got to wrap things up. Till next time, do take care, God bless, and make it a point to spend some time outdoors.